When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about some efficiency tips for certain things. And I'm going to talk to you about five things that I wish that I did completely different in business thus far. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. If this is the first time on this podcast or your first time listening to it, this is a podcast about all the business stuff that I'm doing. I'm an entrepreneur. I own businesses like Age of Radio, 3-2 Warrior Academy, Blockheads, LLC, Phoenix Crypto Assets, um, Q Financial, Q Digital, uh, and it's all wrapped up through my main corporation that I own all of these businesses through called Q Consolidated. And on this podcast, I talk about all the stuff that I'm learning in business and all of the stuff that I am not learning in business, like in life. I have a great shows on here. There's this main podcast here that is available wherever you get your podcast. You can also get it on YouTube at Age of Jeremy on YouTube. And then we have some other special episodes that are on here, like our Twitter. I have Twitter spaces, what are now X spaces that show up on here. I have streams from our Addicted to Podcasting Facebook group through Age of radio. I also have um, other episodes called Lo-Fi where I talk about personal stuff that's going on and some of the things that I'm learning, but essentially make sure that you subscribe to this podcast to get all of the great knowledge from my learnings so you don't have to learn it and you can hopefully learn from me and then go apply it. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about some efficiencies, um, not not really really big main efficiencies. Um, I, I'm mainly going to be talking about some business uh, failures that I've had over the last years as far as well, 
I guess, business learnings that I've had over the last couple of years. But I did want to share some cool um, insights that I have from a book that I'm reading um, and also some insights um, about how I'm capturing some of that information inside of Microsoft OneNote. If you don't know, I'm a huge Microsoft fan. But before we do that, make sure that you follow me on all social media platforms at Age of Jeremy. That's Lemon8. That's TikTok. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. And I guess I should say X instead of Twitter. That's on X. That's also on Threads. I am all about building communities and having conversations with people on social media. You can also go to my Q Consolidated channel inside of Instagram under Age of Jeremy, and you can get more insight into um, the stuff that I have going on and more personalized messages to the people that are following that Q Consolidated channel. Because again, Q Consolidated is how I have all of my stuff owned um, through my businesses or at least branding it, working on branding it that way and getting it in that way. <laughs> that being also being said, one of my main businesses or my main business is 3-2-R Academy. I'm the CFO of it. Make sure that you follow Coach JV at Coach JV underscore across all social media platforms. Make sure that you check out our refined integrity beard oil. And that might sound weird, but again, this is about entrepreneurship and businesses. And I do venture capital stuff. And one of those is with refined integrity and Coach JV or CJV has a magnificent beard and our beard oil is one of a kind. So make sure that you go follow him to learn more about that or follow our refined integrity brand. Um, and you can also head on over to Amazon and search refined integrity as well. If you have a beard, I don't have a beard. I'm part of that business because I believe in it and we're going to be doing some other products into the future. Um, so I uh, just want to let you know about that. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about some um, uh, of the problems that I've had with being a part of so many businesses later on and things that I wish that I would have done differently. Different. Um, but before I do that, one last thing, if you want to be part of our podcast community, check out ageofradio.com, go over to Facebook, type in addicted to podcasting and join our podcast community. If you were involved with podcasting, um, I do some streams in there occasionally I'm trying to get it on the gate. It's once a month, but uh, trying to get hosts on it um, and, and really focusing on that is something that I'm working on and going to continue to work on, but we will eventually do that. We stream those on Thursdays, whenever we do stream them, and then they get uploaded to this bad boy. And I'll probably put them some other places eventually as well. But for right now, this is where you can hear them, or you can go to that addicted to podcasting Facebook group because we are going to continue. Sorry, I'm playing with a, I glass case when I did that. Um, but we're going to continue to focus on that. So before we get started, I really wanted to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, and that is reading. One of the books that I'm reading right now is a, a book called Boudin Brooks by Thomas Mann, and I hope I said that right. Um, if not, please correct me. Um, you can Snapchat me to correct me or slide into my DMs. I don't want to say that. That's probably a bad way to say that. Just DM me, I guess. Um, and so essentially it's about the rise and fall of a prominent uh, family called the Budenbrooks or Buddenbrooks. Uh, and uh, in it, the part that I'm in, I don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, the daughter, Tony, she is being wed off to build a business relationship. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of the fact that I think I've made some posts about this in the past, and this is a prime example. Being reading this and getting an understanding of that person's life and what they're dealing with, with being wed off, not really liking that person, and then falling in love with a different person while they're on like a vacation away from everything else that's going on in the world and then not being able to be with that person really gives me um, empathy for some of the things that have gone on in 
in the lives of women and the differences of the struggles that women have to go through and some of the oppression that they have had. And I know that a lot of the time we have these sexist thing. I don't want to say sexist things, but we have this like men are one way, women are another way. And to be honest, people are people. I don't think anybody has any real role that they are assigned to, to do when they are um, born because it is their life to live and it's their freedom to live. I think that we all have different um, biological instincts or things that happen in our life that may make us feel that we should have children or not to have children. But I don't think that anything's one specific way. And I don't believe in God. So I don't believe that if there was a God that he made a specific way, I think there's biological things that happen, but it's our choice because of us being a higher level species. Uh, it's our choice to follow those things. And it, anyways, the point is, is that reading about these things and why I encourage everybody to read is because when you read, you can be opened up and read everything as much as possible because you get opened up to different ideas and different opinions. And even though you may not know someone that went through that specific situation, when you are in, in involved with um, literature that talks about that or involved with a character that is going through something, that is something that opens up empathy for us. And that is one of the best things about reading and why it creates a broader open spectrum of the world is because then we don't, it, it's almost like us being a part of it is us knowing someone that went through it. And when we know somebody that went through a certain thing, that is where compassion is formed and where empathy can go, can be found for those specific situations. And I think that that can make us a better overall world. And one of the things that I think for efficiency and for memorizing things, for reading, I have a little book journal. Um, it's a, um, it is a, uh, moleskin. It's one of the smaller ones. Um, it's regular, it's just lined and it's nothing special. It's not designed for book journaling, but essentially whenever I go through a reading session on any of my books, um, I try to, I don't do it a hundred percent of the time. I try to go through and, and then think about the things that I, I read about and some of the things that I pondered while I was reading and what that has really helped do is improved my memory when it comes to the the things that I am learning and the things that I am um, engaging with. And I think that that insight or that retrospective or the things that make us better and the things that help our memory, um, because if you don't know, or if you don't follow me, um, I am very, very adamant on um, Alzheimer's and making sure that my mental capacity stay. And it's something that uh, I specifically, I guess, have an un- irrational fear for, and I try to do the things that'll make sure that that won't happen. And that is engaging my brain in certain activities and things that are recommended, um, to make sure that your brain stays strong and healthy. And I try to do those things. Um, and then, and, and, and with those things, I learned about all these other ways to help make our memory stronger. And one of the ways that we can, we can remember the things that we read and, 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 and create insights out of it is by writing about it after we've done reading. And I really try to work on that on the books that I'm reading. And if you want to see the reviews of the books that I'm reading, you can head on over to the Age of Jeremy YouTube channel. There's only two there right now, but I have two more that I need to do. Um, and then I'm reading Boot and Brew. Actually, I have probably three or four more because I've read more books during that time frame. That's why it's taken me so long to get through the original book set that I had said, but I'm really trying to focus on those things. The other thing that I want to say about efficiency is I, I use OneNote a lot. I would recommend that you use OneNote um, uh, mainly because you can create voice um you can create voice recordings inside of it. You can do dictation. So one of the things that I think is great is that I like to do is when I want to remember something from the book, I'll either go in and I'll dictate to the OneNote about a passage that I want to remember for quotes or um, or take snippets of the book or pictures of it. And then I have it all inside of OneNote. And so I think when we are looking at creating notes, when we're creating our ideas and being able to go back 
in and look over them and setting time aside for that, that can make us better, um, not only as leaders, but it, it will make us kind of more organized. And so I would really recommend that you spend time learning how to use Microsoft OneNote or some other type of note taking tool. I think Microsoft OneNote, it, okay, let me say this. I, I enjoyed Microsoft OneNote because that's the one that I use. I'm sure there might be something better than it. I like it much better than Google Keep for a lot of things. There's some things that I like Google Keep for, but to have all of my notes in one place, to be able to move it all over the page, to be able to take clip art and not clip art, but to take down images and post them there and then write about them and scroll. It just works really, really well for me. Um, and it's a great tool that I believe that people should spend time learning how you can link meetings to it, how you can link emails to it, how you can create do to-do lists, book lists, all kinds of stuff that you can do inside of one. You can share those notes with people. And I think that people have this, um, this idea that, and, and again, I don't know if, I don't know what the Apple version of it does. Um, I just know that I have a lot of freedom and control inside of the OneNote version of it, and I like it better than Notion. I think Notion is a little bit easier to use, but I think that OneNote has a lot, because we use Notion for our Blockheads um, business. And so I think that OneNote, though, has a lot of better features that I do not see inside of Notion. And that's just because maybe I don't do it. And Notion has the ability to do other things that aren't just note-taking where one note is just for noting. So anyway, if you have a problem with anything that I said, just Snapchat me or leave me a DM or whatever. I'm not opposed to learning about something else. I'm just sharing that you should find something that you can do to create notes, information, and go back to it and learn about it and insight from it and think about it. And that's where I think that like the benefit comes, the benefit comes from is because you're able to have it in one place and you can go back and look at it. Um, so that being said, let me um, kind of move forward. Those were the efficiency things. So one, just, you know, have a book uh, journal and journal about your book, what you're reading, your thoughts. It doesn't have to be literature like I'm reading. It, it, it could be just nonfiction stuff. It could be history. It could be anything. Just write about what you're learning and what you're thinking and what you're pondering when you're reading it. And two, have a system where you can go and make some voice notes where you can get information from the web, put it all in one place, and then have that organized organized. I have tons of different notebooks in my OneNote um, for Age of Radio, for Dungeons and Dragons, for just sketching ideas, stuff on Buddhism I've learned, my junior achievement stuff, not philanthropy stuff, all kinds of great stuff. My special projects that I do with a, a notebook I call Rad Racer. Um, it's for development projects that I'm working on. And so I think that I think that if you have something like that where you can put all that information in there and have it organized and uh, the ability to go back and grab it, I think that you will be in a much better place. And those skills transfer over into the business world very, very well. And I think that you would be in a really good place. So with that being said, I clapped my hands. Hopefully you heard it. And I'm going to talk about the main thing that I wanted to talk about tonight. And that is all the shit that I wish that I had done different in business and the things that I am learning in business where I know that I had need to get better, decided to get better, working on getting better. And that is what I'm going to talk about right now. So that being said, let me just grab my notes here because I was clicking all over my OneNote and I don't know where my notes went. Okay, so one of the things that I've, the number one thing that I wish I did did different was I wish that I did a better keeping the vision or business plan tighter in what we were trying to do. 
Um, and I'm not going to speak to 3T Warrior Academy because I'm not the main driver of 3T Warrior Academy. I'm glad with a lot of the changes that we made with 3T Warrior Academy, and we have tightened up our vision and values now. Um, and we are really focusing on communicating that regularly to our team, making that a part of our vernacular, making it a part of our organization so that everybody is in alignment with where the business is going. And so, so I, I think that we have, I think that I wish that I had done that. We had done that sooner. I wish that, um, but I'm happy with where kind of 3T Warrior Academy has, has changed and, and really built its wealth pillars that we focus on. Um, and if you don't know about the wealth pillars, um, you can head on over to 3TWarriorAcademy.com and check them out. It's not the basis of what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is making sure that you're keeping your business plan and vision tight. And one of those places that I did not do that, that I wish I did, and this is where I want to talk about is with Age of Radio. I had a very good uh, business plan laid out for Age of Radio and things were working really, really well. And as soon as I diverged away from it with just ideas that had come and not stick true to the regular thing is that is when it all became kind of um, shitty, not shitty is age of radio is really good. It's where it lost its focus. One, its focus was all over the place Two, and three, it cannot be that way. It was always designed to be a media company, not a podcast company, have software, have certain um, products that it, it that it released. And that part went away um, as I took on more and more stuff. And if I had stayed true to that vision and started move and tried to move that vision forward piece by piece, the two main pieces that needed to be a part of that when I started, then it would have been in a much better place than where it is now. And I think that going back to those, that beginning business plan of the ad ad sales being a big part of it, marketing being a, a big part of it, um, and the uh, the podcast nerd geek culture being a, a part of it, um, I think that it that portion of it would be a lot further, it would be a lot further one. And then two, focusing on the software development that we were working on and sticking to that and making those small movements and having a regular plan and a regular efficiency, uh, regular schedule and project management of that over time, the things that I would have wanted to accomplish with that would be moved a lot further. And that that is so so what my recommendation is for you, if you have a business, is to have a business plan laid out, vision plate plan laid out continuously look at that every single quarter and move those things forward that you want to move forward. Um, because that is the biggest thing that you need to do. And I think a lot of the times that we build these businesses, we don't think about that. Um, and one of the places that I think that we started to do that really, really well with, um, is blockheads. It doesn't have these weird trajectories. It's like, this is what we're doing. This is the first thing that we're thinking about. This is how we're doing it. This is what we're doing next. And we're sticking with that. And this is what our goal is at the end. Um, and so I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that there is a lot of great business acumen from a executive level um, in in that business and not saying that there wasn't that in in the other businesses. I just think that there um, with all of the leaders that are in that business, um, there's a lot more of that and there's money that's behind it. When you don't have money inside of the business, it's it's a lot more uh, difficult to keep it on the straight and narrow because you have to move and pivot and do as much as you can to get the revenue coming in. And all of that's part of not just having the best plan in place. Um, 
Uh, so I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that when I'm taking on new businesses uh, is really sitting down and saying, okay, this is the plan. This is what we're moving to. This is how we're going to do it. And this is what we're going to do. And that's just sticking with it, looking at the data, then taking the data back in and then pivoting. So don't try to pivot too much. Stick to the main essential business plan that you had and 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 make sure that you're meeting those goals and then see how that revenue works and what the data is that's coming in with it and then reassess that, right? Don't just be like, okay, we're going to start this. It's kind of getting going. Okay, well, we didn't meet this next thing, right? And we didn't meet this next goal because we started doing this other thing. Spend nine to 10, spend a year on one specific area in the thing and focus on that. If you put all of that energy and focus into that in that one year or into a few things, right? Um, then you will be moving in the correct direction. And that is the main goal that you have to have. You need a few small things for a very, for a very long period of time, like a year or two years, and then start adding in the other pieces and move. And I think that that's a much better strategy than starting to do one thing and then saying, oh, let's do this so we can get this extra. No, focus on the one thing and move forward. Um, and then the second thing that I know that I have learned is focus on skills and not help. Um, and so when you're starting out in business, it's very easy to be like, okay, if someone wants to help you, you want to let them help you, but they may not have the skill set that you need or the skill set that you want. So be very upfront with yourself of what you need. Like right now, I'm very adamant on, uh, an executive secretary for myself one, and then two, a ad, uh, sales associate, um, for age radio. And so I am to the point where with the money that's coming in, um, that I am not spending that on myself. I'm focusing on the next plan of the business. And if the business doesn't have the money, how am I going to get the money to do the things that I need to do? Then I need to put that money into it or find someone else to invest in it to get, put that money into it. And so really getting that piece honed it down because the time that it takes to do ad sales, I could be paying someone a part-time job. They could be finding me leads, finding me people. I could be sharing that revenue with them because the idea is I don't want to take the money from the age of radio, I want to keep rolling it into it and getting it to grow. And that is one of the things that I think is very beneficial to being in a place where you have some businesses that are doing really, really well. You can take that money and redeploy it into another business where you can focus on it. And what happens is you have like five or six or seven or eight businesses. And kind of like in the Elon Musk case where you have so many businesses, they start to go and then they start making you a bunch of money. And then that's how you get extremely, extremely wealthy. Um, and again, I know there's some differences in that scenario and then with specifically Elon, what goes on with Elon Musk, but I was using that as an example of someone who has a lot of businesses. Um, and so, so the goal then is to now just say, okay, this is what I need. How am I going to get that? And, um, do I need to pay for it out of pocket? Do I need to get it from investors? Can it sustain itself? Is it a job that's just a sales job? Then that, that is how you kind of move that, that piece forward. Um, so that's the second thing. So the first thing was keeping the vision to the vision or the business plan, uh, keeping it tight. The second thing was focusing on skills, not just people that are willing to help. And then the third thing is saying no a lot earlier on and having a plan uh, and having a plan to get to revenue. And so, so I, I, I kind of added those together because the reason why 
when I had the time and the energy to put into my passion, um, which is the age of radio or into um, my bookkeeping and accounting and tax business or investing business, right? When I had that energy to put into it, that money was starting to grow. And now the money is slowly growing still, right? Because I have to, I'm putting that energy. But I said yes to doing so much stuff when I should have said, yes, I can be a part of this through an investment standpoint. I can give you this one or two hours a week or three hours a week, but that's it. And I can't do anything more than that because I have these other things that I am trying to do. Um, and so that's where I mean by saying, saying no a lot earlier or knowing that your investment is about something else than just constantly putting the time in. I would not uh, have done now uh, with businesses that are coming in or with other businesses, I've been turning them down because I'm like, I, you want my time. I don't have time because that's building your dream and your passion. My dream and my passion isn't just to have money. My dream and my passion is to make an impact in the world with certain inventions or software or engineering or whatever the case is or businesses that I'm doing that then innovate something or make something better. Now you are doing that right with your thing, but that's not, that's not the thing that I want to, to be a part of. It's not my passion. And so it's not what the thing that I'm in love with. And I would rather my time and energy go to this, even if that can get me millions of dollars, right? Because I spent the time doing something that's going to be getting me those, that money. Now I don't need all of it. So I can take that and put it into my specific projects and my specific businesses that I want to drive those things forward. And that's what I mean by saying no. And I would have done that a lot earlier, right? I would have started, I would have only done one or two of the things, maybe two of the things that I have now are the things that I would have said really yes to, and then probably would have said no to a lot of other things, right? Unless it's going to be, okay, my one business has a percentage of this and the other part of it is this is what you're going to pay me. So I have some money to do this. So I would have taken lower interest in the company and then expected to be paid for it to then hire someone to help manage whatever it was that we were asked to do inside of that business. And that's how I would have done it different. And then with that, then I would have spent my time on my other businesses just focusing on revenue and not getting bogged down by some of So maybe I should have split those two things up. But I think for the purposes of saying no a lot earlier and focusing on things that I want to build revenue, I think that makes sense. Um, the fourth thing that I would have done that I've learned as I try to make things way too complicated and I'm finally learning that at 39 and I don't think need things to be complicated. And one of those examples is, you know, I want my, I, I have, I bought a specific camera to do YouTube videos. Uh, it wasn't the best camera for the YouTube videos, um, which was a mistake on my part. <laughs> One and then two, not that it wasn't, it wasn't a good camera for it. Let me rephrase that. I don't have a good lighting for it. Um, and, and one, and then two, it's a DSLR. So you have to set it up a lot differently. You have to have different settings on it to get the look and feel that you want. But in the end of the day, I just want some really good videos and my phone does really good videos. So, you know, I would like with my YouTube videos, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't have the time right now to focus on that, but I really want to get some content out there. I'm just going to do it with my phone. I have some decent license my desk. I'll just throw my phone up. It'll still be this cool, the same background. I'll have a longer conversation. It'll be this. I can show some videos. I want to put some, I don't know, type on the screen when, you know, you flow through it and I talk about it, then great. If I want to share my screen, then I'll do it through my Logitech and I'll record that shit to StreamYard. I'll up the price to the 1080 PI, you know, 1080, um, uh, 1080 from 720. And I'll just do it that way. I am okay with that because of the fact that I am missing out on content by trying to make it too complicated. When as long as I think that I can get the sound really good, which was a little bit of the problem with the DSLR and I've got the sound a lot better now and how I want to do things. And I can do it from my phone and my stream, um, uh, streaming device that I use for it, which I don't know where that is right at this moment, but anyways, I'll figure that out later. Then I can move a lot faster with the things that I want. Um, and, Right. And then also with that pathway to streaming is setting time up 
I don't have this written down, but I want to add this because I think it's important is scheduling how I want this stuff to look. I'm not interested in scheduling my short form content. I just want to make it on the spot and do it until I get a team, right? Because then that's the next step is getting my own team to manage my social media and get that pushed out. So in the meantime, I'm fine making that in the moment on the spot every single day. I'm cool with that. I don't need thousands of pieces of content. I only want my, you know, 20 or 30 pieces of content a week on top of my good, better, longer form content that I need to have planned out of what I want those videos to do. Have a set time. I sit down and I record it. I sit, have that set time for the production. I sit down and produce it and then I get it to the market. And I think that having that pathway streamlined and an easier pathway is one of the things that I've really learned. And you can use that apart anything. Make it as easy and streamlinable as possible. Don't try to make it complicated just because you, you like something and you use it. Right. So Cubase, like I try to make John use Cubase because I used Cubase, but it was way too complicated. And I get that. And so we just found an easier way to do it. And I wish that I had done that for myself a lot earlier on because the goal is to get the content out to the people that the people want to see. And then we can start making it better as we get our own production person in here, as I hire my own assistant or whatever the case is, um, create my own marketing team. And that's the place that I'm going to the next level um, with what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and then this goes into the fifth thing is you need to be a voice in, you need to create yourself as an authority. Okay. And so I am choosing to not create my, I am choosing now to kind of focus what I want that authority to be in. I want that authority to be in some certain, certain things when it comes to finance, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to content marketing and with engineering and space travel. And so I am really hands down focusing on trying to create that look and feel and that brand that, Hey, this is the guy that knows about business. This is the guy that knows about finance and taxes. This is a guy that is really going to be focusing on the space economy in the future. Um, and he has these marketing teams and these skills skills and he knows lots of stuff about business. I wanted to find, I want to find that earlier about that voice. Um, and even to having the game, like not going back, not going back and forth. And these are some things that I still need to kind of, you know, hands down, get, get to the nitty gritty in, but there are things that I want to be known for and having, let, let me rephrase this. It's not about finding my voice like a niche. I'm talking about finding my voice by the things that I want to specifically be known for and then making sure that those are the things that I'm talking about and the content that I'm delivering into the world. And that is the place where I'm getting at to right now. And I feel really comfortable about it right now, um, about that about that stuff that I'm putting out in that content. And so being able to find that much earlier on and not trying to be a fitness person, because I'm not a fitness person. I love working out. I love doing um, uh, I love weightlifting. I love cardio, but I uh, like eating whatever I want. I, um, can, I, I do some decent fasting when I want to, I can pull back on the eating, but I genuinely enjoy it. I am not a person that should be out there being like, you should be doing this with your food and this with your body. I'm about, let's find out what you enjoy, what you can do and start progressing you and moving you forward and doing your working out getting, you know, getting healthy, your mindset, right, right. It's like a holistic, holistic view. I'm not the person that's going to go out there and beat someone down because they chose to eat Taco Bell or they chose to eat a Snickers. If you're doing that in moderation and you're still working out and, and meeting your goals, and I am happy for that. And that is the progression that I'm talking about and getting your life right, getting your investments right, getting your finance right. I do not want to be known for uh, a fitness person. It's not anything. And I try to do that off and on over the last couple of years. And it's not me. If it's me showing you like martial arts and stuff. Awesome. That is me. That's my voice. That's something that I enjoy. Um, 
but I don't want to be something that I am not. And finding that voice earlier on has been super, super, super beneficial or would have been super, super beneficial for me. And I think that and I think that being able to do these things would have been moved me a lot further um, with some of the the businesses that I have a strong, strong, strong passion for. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't have a passion for all the businesses that I'm a part of. Like I, I enjoy them and I love them and I want to help these people make their dreams come true. And I want to be and I have something that they need help with and I'm willing to do that. But you can only do so much of that and then you have to start saying no. So early on find out what that limit is so that you can say no earlier on and prioritize the projects and the businesses that you originally want to be a part of. So you're not pushing your businesses or your dream or your vision aside. So to recap one, keeping to the vision or the business plan, keeping it super, super tight um, and relooking it on a regular basis, focusing on skills, not just help, making sure that if you need this if you need someone who can do this, this, and this, then go and find that person to do this, this, and this, and figure out a way to pay them or figure out a way to get them some money with some ownership and make sure that there is a path for them to get fully paid and they know what that path is. Um, three, saying no a lot earlier on um, and making sure that when you're saying no, that you're utilizing it for the things that you want to do and making to have a plan for the revenue. Actually, real quick to that to that one point. So also, too, when I, I and I remember why I wrote this. So saying no a lot earlier is also like, okay, if I'm going to give you 10% of my money, okay, cool. When is there going to be revenue coming in? You're going to get my time. When am I going to start receiving money for it so that I can put it in the things that I enjoy and the things that I want to do um, for business wise? And that's one of the things that I is what I meant by having a plan for revenue. Make sure that when you're if you're taking on a project or ownership in a business, that there is a clear path and plan, a realistic plan to when that revenue is going to be coming in and when you're going to get paid and not having it thrown up in the air. Um, that's something that I have completely wiped off of doing when people are like, you want to be a part of business? Okay, tell me when I'm going to start getting a revenue from this. When is the profitability going to start coming in? And if that timeline makes sense to me, then I'm going to be a part of it. And again, it's not because I want that money. It's because if I'm going to make that decision, then I know that my time is finite in it and there's going to be a payoff at a specific time. And does that time that I'm going to be getting it allot me to be able to take that and put it into one of my other businesses free up that time or use that money to have someone replace me in my role in that job from one of my businesses. Okay. So that's three saying no a lot earlier on. So one, keeping to the vision or business plan Two, focusing on skills, not help saying no a lot earlier on making sure that when you're, if you do say yes, there's a plan to revenue. Um, and when you get money from it for finding easier pathways, um, to streamline stuff, whether it is just don't make shit complicated, figure out how, what it is that you want the goal to be, figure out how to do it and start doing it. And then five, finding what it is that you want your authority to be known for in your entire sphere, right? Because you should, if you are own a business or you are CEO, or you are a football player or a sports person or a college kid listening to this or whatever the case is, make sure that you have a voice and you are sharing that voice where your demographic is on social media. Every single person hands down should be building their voice on social media if they own a business or if they are an executive apart from their business social media strategies. If you're a CFO, a CTO, a CEO, go on there, get an X account, get a Threads account, get an Instagram, start sharing and building your authority in it and build your community and your followers. Hands down, you should do that 100% of the time. And with that, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We will talk with you next time. The corner store is selling.
Thank you so much for listening to The Age of Jeremy. If you like this podcast, make sure that you rate it and also share it with other people. If you're listening to it on YouTube, then you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening to this on a podcatcher, then you can also check this out on YouTube at Age of Jeremy. The opening song was Brave Faces Everyone by Spanish Love Songs. The closing song was Threatening Each Other Recapitalism by uh, Illuminati Hotties. I use Neumann microphones, a Zoom L8 uh, to record through mixing device. I record to Steinberg's Cubase and I use Waves plugins. And as I always say, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. Bye.